Hello there, you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Thing Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me, as ever, is Josh. Hello there, Tom. How's it going? Not too bad. How about yourself? I am not too bad either. I've uh, done something to my neck, but we'll uh, battle through. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. What have you done? What have you done to your neck? Have you been on just like <laughs> memories of old Guazi? Just yeah, it's just haunted me. Yeah, and yeah. You know, manifested itself in physical form. I hate it when that happens. Yeah, no. Unfortunately, I've been playing football, and and I haven't been playing particularly well. But uh, there we go. Well, it happens. It happens. Yeah. Uh, one day I'll come to your rescue when I buy new boots and don't oversleep. But. You know, One until hopes. that day comes, you're on your own, I'm afraid. Well, and frankly, th- this kind of pathetic small talk may be something that we have to keep going for a-, a fair chunk of time here. Because, Josh, there is not really anything part news. I've looked everywhere. Oh. I can't find any. I looked under my bed. Uh, I've, I've pulled all the pillows out. I had a look under there. And, and last chance saloon, last resort, I went on the internet. Couldn't find much news there either. There's nothing going on. There's nothing going on. There's so little going on that I was kind of just thinking, do I just invite you to rant about the appearance of of the Galactic Star Cruiser ship again? Or that's, <laughs> that's where I'm at here. I'm scraping the bottle I, I, of, the, of the barrel. I, I have just found some quite uh, important news, Tom. I don't literally stumbled across it. We were joking about it just beforehand, Tom, but... It's the London Resort. Sorry, what? The London Resort? Yes. Okay, tell me more. Uh, I've heard about this. Well, obviously Paramount have been in and out and they've shaken it all about. Yes. The BBC and ITV confirm they are no longer a part of London Resort. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Who said this? Where was this? I assume it was at the top of the six o'clock news, I guess. You know, we come away now from Kiev for some breaking news from the BBC. We are no longer involved in the highly anticipated London resort theme park. Yeah. uh, Clive uh, flew over from Ukraine just to uh, stand (laughs) on the Swanscombe Peninsula. They kept his his hard hat on. You can't be too careful on the Swanscombe Peninsula. You never know. Yeah, the spiders—they'll get you. Absolutely. Or you know, some yobbos or who like to stand on the footbridges, <laughs> yeah. throwing rocks at cars. They might, they might aim one at Clive. Yeah, dangerous out there. But, uh, yeah, no longer. Uh, this is coming via BlueLoop.com. They are no longer. Uh, so, and they've got it from the Daily Mail. So, yeah. very trustworthy source of information on everything that there is to know. Daily Mail. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they've reported, Daily Mail have reported that the BBC and the ITV have pulled out uh, of plans following a campaign called Save Swanscombe Peninsula. Oh, um, I see. Yeah. So they're pinning this decision on the fact that there's all this eco-terrorism going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To rob yeah. us of our of our thing park fun here in North Kent. It's an outrage, Josh. How long can we let the hippies get away with this? <laughs> it's true. Um, I don't yeah. know if they've I mean, noticed guess... there's a war going on. We're all doomed anyway. Screw the climate. Let's build the thing park. Enjoy it while we can. 
Yeah, right. Uh, give us something at least. Um, yeah. But no. I guess if you read between the lines, Tom, of the uh, most recent pieces of artwork that have been released about the London Resort, it hasn't featured anything from the BBC or the ITV uh, networks. So, uh, no. Potentially could have time. seen this coming if you were being I, a nerd I, about it. I'd imagine that, you know. I'd imagine that this actually happened a long time ago. BBC and ITV probably have had no involvement in this for years and it just took someone actually asking the question for it to become official common knowledge. But I'd have to imagine that it's been a long time since anyone at the BBC thought actively at all about the London Resort. I mean... I remember when it was first announced and obviously the BBC were held up as being one of the key partners and you got, you know you got those articles about the UK's Disneyland and when people would rattle off potential attractions based purely on what the various companies involved own then the go-to's would always be well Mission Impossible Star Trek Doctor Who and like yeah. I don't know, because uh, I think they signed a deal with Ardman as well. Actually, I don't know what the state of that is exactly, but you know the Wallace and Gromit that, studio that, went, that fell through. That's gone that as went, well, is it? Who who ago. is left? Yeah. Who is left? Uh, no one. <laughs> no one. No one is officially partnered. Usually, with what this. happens when when the BBC drops something, uh, Channel Five picks it up. So maybe they're <laughs> you know first neighbours, uh, then the London result. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, or you know, maybe there'll be a U-turn, much as there was with BBC Three, right? They they kind of got yeah. rid of that or shoved it on the internet somewhere because they yeah, didn't think anyone only. would want it, and then they brought it back because it was popular. Uh, yeah, so we need to right? we need to get out there on the streets, right? We need to commandeer one of these stop the war marches. Uh, yeah, stop Just... the war on the London Resort. Exactly, stop the war on yeah. our hopes and dreams. Uh, there, there are a couple of uh, couple of key quotes here from the BBC and the ITV. Uh, BBC have said the BBC Studios has no commercial agreement in place with London Resort and no current plans to enter into any agreement. We would only consider doing so should there be clear and decisive evidence that the project would have a net positive environmental impact. Right. So uh, yeah, I don't think BBC they're will. very much on the. Green propaganda bandwagon there. Uh, oh, right so, I think. Makes you, makes you sick, doesn't it? This is why <laughs> the licence fee should be optional. You know what I mean, mate? I'm not, I don't want to pay my licence fee so I can have these woke leftists tell me that I can't have a theme park. <laughs> uh, ITV have said, uh, ITV's arrangement with the London Resort was that we were a potential licenser of one of our children's brands, so that only the one... Well, uh, which was Thunderbirds. Oh, that would have been cool. That would have been cool. We can confirm that ITV no longer has a commercial arrangement with London Resort as the agreement has now ended. This means that Thunderbirds will not be a part of the park. So it right. looks like ITV had a, had a you know, agreement in place assuming that the park was built by now. I see. Well, good news, Josh, because I understand the agreement is still in place on ITV Plus One. I, I did not know that Thunderbirds was owned by ITV. This is news to me. I thought I thought I thought Thunderbirds was bigger than ITV. I didn't realise that they were all being held hostage by Ant and Deck. Um, yeah, yes. Uh, I guess Thunderbirds 
because it was Gary and Sylvia Anderson, right? And I, I guess mm. they used to, uh, was it uh, a, I, ITC or something? Because ITV used to be like uh, a collection of studios that then put the stuff on ITV, because that's why it's like right. the network, the ITV network. What yeah. is what is the kind of current state of Thunderbirds? What's the most recent Thunderbirds production? Do you know? Are you across uh, this? Yeah, there's a there's a uh, TV show. Um, ah, on ITV. On I assume yeah, ITV. I I can't say I've looked, but I'm just looking up yeah. the uh, 2004 film. Ah. Oh. Which I remember watching well back in the day, and uh, yeah, I kind of like. I'm kind of like maybe I should, maybe I should rewatch this. I, I'd forgotten that Busted did a Thunderbirds on Go cover. Cracking those. Guess who did? I mean, if you thought that wasn't uh, enough, so far as this film's musical chops go, Hans Zimmer did the score. Right, in yeah. conjunct in conjunction with uh, Ramin Jawadi of Game of Thrones fame. <laughs> I, you mean the the Thunderbirds guy? Sorry, yes, yeah, both men best known for Thunderbirds. But man, that's like, I mean, that is some that is some double act right there. I mean, that's like the Spielberg and Lucas doing Indiana Jones together of. Movie soundtracks, Zimmer yeah. and Joazi, <laughs> and the project wow. that brought them together <laughs> was was Thunderbird. I mean, they saw Busted were involved, and were like, "We got to get in on this." Because Ben Kingsley played the Hood, didn't he? Yeah, Vanessa Hudgens was in it as well, right? Yeah, and this was pre High School Musical, so it's not like that was the big sort of star get she, for this film. It wasn't like, oh, we've played... got. We've got the High School Musical girl in it. She wasn't... High School Musical got the Thunderbirds girl. That's how that went. She played the, like, island manager's daughter, I think. Man, the uh, <laughs> the the album art for the busted Thunderbirds album is just <laughs> incredible. It is so 2004. It is unbelievable. Yeah, this might have to just be the the oh, artwork wow. for this week's podcast. It is it deserves to be seen. The show notes aren't enough of a platform. This just needs to be front and center on this week's podcast. It is. They put three a.m. on as the uh, B side to Thunderbirds. That is bonkers. They've just that they've, is a completely different song. They've got the Thunder. They've just got some. They've got a picture of the Thunderbirds and then got a busted dot png and dragged it over the top and called it a day. That's <laughs> that what they've done. Wow. <laughs> it's absolutely is... amazing. It was uh, the intern's first day on Photoshop and his license ran out, so he did it on paint. That's how that happened. I want to say the music video wasn't far off that either. Like, they green-screened Busted into scenes from the film. Oh, uh, right, yeah. I mean, that's basically how Spider-Man No Way Home went, right? They just they just green-screened <laughs> Tobey Maguire into a film that had already been made. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that's how some of the action looks at the end of that film it's like they made the film and then someone during post were like wouldn't it be cool if toby Maguire was in this and someone was like actually yeah i guess so let's get him in a yeah. green screen room film some stuff and then just 
superimpose them onto what we've already made. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. It's, uh, yeah, Thunderbirds. Oh, man, I used to love Thunderbirds. I really like the fil- the original films. I don't know if you've seen them. Thunderbirds, I think it's called Thunderbirds Are Go and Thunderbirds 6. I, prob- the- I probably have seen them, but... I couldn't tell you much about them. I, I I had a Thunderbirds. I had a couple of little Thunderbird toys. I think I had one and right, two. Yeah. These little toys. Yeah. I, little, I remember them having little wheels on the bottom, so you could sort of play around with them well, like yes. cars. Yeah, yeah. And then and then obviously you know one... pick, pick them up and carry them around the house like they're flying around. Do, do you know? Can you remember the? Off, you know, do you know the Thunderbirds ships? Uh, the, the the those two yes yeah. so one was kind of like a metallic and blue kind of a traditional yeah. rocket ship design rocket, yeah. two looks a bit more like a sort of and this is obviously a you know call me a heathen i, I won't blame you because obviously thunderbirds predate star wars but you know i just i have more star wars knowledge it almost looked like a star wars kind of people carrier it was green uh, yes yeah I, well and obviously uh, was the transporter of the Thunderbirds. It used to carry things inside of it, like the yellow Thunderbird 4, the submarine. Right, yes. And then Thunderbird 3 was the red rocket ship, right? It had like the three-pronged... Yeah. Uh, yeah. The three-pronged uh, base. Boosters, yeah. With the boosters. And, the, yeah. if and that, there were... to, that one could go to space. Usually that's what it was for, oh, was going to space. One could not go to space, could it? Uh, not. I never remember it going to space in the original uh, series, but I think it might do in the uh, live-action film. Oh, okay. Well, presumably... Uh, that's not canon, so... Uh, presumably, as our uh, interventions in Ukraine continue, the Thunderbirds will eventually be deployed. Those are kind of like DEFCON 7 of our military assistance package for ukraine yeah isn't is, uh, sorry no defcon one is the so yeah of course yeah, be, see this is why thunderbirds would be defcon zero right defcon like zero almost. yeah see this is why the coronavirus lockdown tier system was so awful because they did it the wrong way round, and and having talk been talking about coronavirus lockdown tiers for the past two years i've got my defcons all the wrong way round. so you know Tier four was the worst, so I've now got it in my head that as you ascend up the tiers, that's where they become more extreme. Mm. Whereas traditionally, of course, they they go the other way as it should have been. Tier one should have been the worst tier to be in. So that's or, thrown me there. I apologise. Or use the British system, which is just words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could do that, I suppose. You could do that. See, man, that would be some good Patreon content right there, Josh. We go away and watch Thunderbirds and uh, review it on the show like we used to, because obviously we've long run out of theme park films to do podcasts Mm. about, which would have been a perfect bit of filler for this week where there's no news, and instead we're sat here talking about Thunderbirds, which, you know, there are worse ways to spend a Sunday evening. uh, Yes. For sure. So I'm not not complaining necessarily, but... The listeners probably are. just just on the uh, British version of DefCon. Uh, yeah. Do uh, you might know them? Being a journalist, do you know them? Uh, no, I don't actually. No, no. Maybe I should. Uh, we are currently at substantial. That's the threat level we're at right now. 
Oh, right. Yes, sorry. Of course I know this. Yeah. No, I know this. Like, this is like the terror level, right? The terror threat level? Yeah. The terror threat level is the same thing. Mm. Yeah, it uses the same system. Yeah. Uh, where Where is the substantial in the uh, five, one to five, uh, one being the worst, five being the best? Because obviously it's DEFCONs. Right. Well, I'd imagine that above substantial you'd have severe, which I want to say might actually be a real level anyway on the uh on the terror uh, you the are correct. is there something above severe is the thing like critical perhaps would be above severe uh would you, maybe you be are what, correct would, would, am i correct and is there anything above critical is it is it just uh is it a, is it a swear word <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh no there is not something above critical that there is isn't not. critical okay critical is our defcon one well that's good in a way because then once we get to critical at least we can be like well look it's, it's not getting any worse <laughs> yeah it's, it's all up my, my favorite th- my favorite thing about this is that not only do we have five levels of threat we have three levels of response <laughs> only three yeah uh so moderate and low which is our defcons four and five get a normal response Okay. Substantial and severe are three and two get a heightened response, and our critical, our DEFCON one is exceptional response. <laughs> oh man, I could imagine Boris Johnson announcing these kinds of things. You know, when do we get to the world leading response, though? Surely that should be is <laughs> exceptional enough if it's not world beating or world leading. Yeah. I- that, that's the, uh, yeah. I think that this might be old data. You know, they might have added that recently. But then, yeah, you, uh, yeah. It's <laughs> imagine the War Games, the uh, Matthew Broderick film, would be very different if they used the British system rather than the DEFCON system. It really would. It really would. Anyway, uh, so uh, yeah, no Thunderbirds comes ha- along. Ha- result. How that's did what, we get onto that's that? What all that was about uh, as is. As is the case uh, a lot of the time on this podcast, the answer to the question, how did we get onto that, is bad news about the London Resort. That's how yeah. <laughs> it happens a lot. Yeah. Bad news about the London Resort always descends into uh, British Britishisms and localisms. Exactly. Exactly. Like night follows day, going off on tangents follows bad news about the London Resort on the Park Rush podcast. That is just how we yeah. roll here. Yeah, 100%. So there we go. I guess in more positive British theme park news, just generally speaking, theme park season is approaching fast. We're we're a few weeks out from the British theme parks awakening from their winter hibernation just in time for war, which is great. And Alton Towers are going to be opening with some new attractions, uh, all directed, I think, Josh, specifically at your fine self here, because... Uh, we've got three new CBBS attractions coming, oh, themed boy. to Hey Dougie, Andy's Adventures, and JoJo and Grand Grand. Now, how familiar are you with these three shows, if at all? I have heard of Hey Dougie. Okay, uh, yeah, and in Andy's think. Adventures, uh, that's the poster on my wall, I think. And JoJo and Grand Grand <laughs> got the box set. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Is JoJo and Grand yeah. Grand, is that a David Walliams thing? That sounds like maybe it could be. Am I getting my... It could be. Am I getting I my Grand Well, Gangster up? Granny is... Oh, that's it, Gangster Walliams. Granny. JoJo and Grand Grand is just a British TV show, apparently. Right. Okay. Um, it looks. This looks quite nice. This looks 
far more reasonable than like in the night garden this seems almost uh would be would be well set in our childhood it's it's quite uh what you mean sensible... like you mean the animation style you mean well, yeah yeah a little bit it's, it feels a little bit more uh picture book esque oh okay cool yeah, like a um what's his name um percy the park keeper oh, oh don't tease me <laughs> percy the park sorry. keeper i'm sorry um, it's not quite that. It's not Don't quite you? that, but it's you know it's it's on along those lines. Bloody Percy um, the Park Keeper. Oh, Jojo and Grand Grand uh, was the first animated series to centre on a black British family. Oh, okay. Yeah, trailblazing. See, I uh, I've just looked up Andy's adventures. I've got to be honest, with all due respect to who I assume is Andy, not liking this guy's vibe. If Andy came up to me, I, I'm, I'm on like the landing page for Andy's adventures on the BBC website. If, oh, if, if he is, came up yeah, to me okay. in the street looking like that, I would turn and run. <laughs> I would. He, he's a bit of a weird chap, isn't he? He's interesting uh, character. I'm not. I, this is. I guess this is like. Um, not sure about this. The modern guy. day equivalent of come outside. Of what? Sorry. With Auntie Mabel, come outside with Auntie Mabel. Do you remember that? No, I don't know. She she flew in the polka dot plane. Oh, okay. And she had a dog. That was no, great. Okay. Auntie Mabel, uh, she is a uh, famous actor. But yeah, she in, when she was you know getting a little bit older, she did this Come Outside series where uh, her and her dog Pippin used to go and f- fly on this plane somewhere, and then at the end of it, they would you know where does bread come from and you know, they'd go to the bakers and they'd go across the farm and then they'd go to the bakers and see inside the bakers. It's like a kid's version of how it's made, I guess. Oh, okay. I loved it. Nice. If you if you scroll down towards the bottom of any of these individual landing pages for the CBB shows, uh, it says, uh, <laughs> it says, are you ready to try CBBC? <laughs> Oh. It's like almost like an age gate that you get on a you know yeah. an adult website. <laughs> are you <laughs> ready to Are you ready to yet. try cartoons directed towards children aged seven to twelve? Oh, I don't know. Ooh. Not sure about that one. <laughs> the options are: you either click on it, or there's a button that says "No thanks." <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. No, I don't think I am. I don't want anything oh, to do Dougie's with Danger Mouse. Weird. I just. The safety mouse or no mouse at all. Danger mouse. Are you ready to try? Oh, Danger mouse Roy is Peter, Sean the sheep. Is a good lad. What is that a crackdown? It looks like a crackdown series. It can't be. There's a uh, there's a video game on here that you can play on the Danger Mouse website, which looks a bit like Streets of Rage, but with Danger Mouse and Penfold. <laughs> I might have to give this a go. Oh wow. Hell yeah! Let's bring back the oh, BBC. Oh, there's a Buzzfeed quiz as well. Let's bring back the BBC Who is your Flash game. Danger Mouse match. Can you still play Tardis Tennis? That is the question. No, no. There's a All Star Racing Two with all of your favourite CBBC characters. That sounds great. Oh, Josh, I'm sorry to say that uh, the. <laughs> If you if you search Tardis Tennis, you you can find the original website page for that. 
but it just doesn't run, of course, because it's Flash. But the top autocomplete on Google when you type TARDIS Tennis in is TARDIS Tennis without Flash. There's <laughs> clearly a <laughs> hardcore TARDIS Tennis community out there who are like, damn, I need to still be able to play this game. Yeah, it's important. <gasps> I think someone's... Oh, no, never mind. I thought I might have found a version that worked without Flash, but it seems like maybe not. Well, that's a shame. That is a shame. I did like... Um, I did like TARDIS Tennis. I do remember playing that. For those that don't know, it's literally just a little Flash tennis game where you play as famous people from history, hence the name TARDIS Tennis, who all came together to play at Wimbledon. You could be like Shakespeare and... To be fair, I can't remember too many others specifically, but I definitely remember Shakespeare was involved. Probably like Churchill and various yeah. others. What about stick I cricket? remember there Do was a stick cricket. That was a good. Yeah, game. I love stick cricket. Stick cricket was good. There, there used to be a game on BBC which was like a um, historic, or well, uh, well, it, it focused on key battles through history, throughout history. But it was like a uh, turn-based. Uh, game like a kind of like a sieve almost, but you only controlled the on the BBC uh, website. Yeah, on the BBC website, and like the levels were like uh, one of them was the Romans Boudicca or Boudicca. Uh, one of them was the Battle of Hastings. One of them was the Battle of Waterloo. Um, nice. Yeah, and it would like tell you like it would have you, as you played it. Uh, obviously, you got to key points in the in the actual battle and it would tell you about those key points. It was a like, really great game for like this. And educational. Uh, much better than it had. Yeah. Much better than it had any right to be. Right. I yeah. Can't, I can't remember what it's called. Well, I, I guess from what I can remember, there were no flash thing park games on BBC. And perhaps we should have known then that ultimately they would stab us in the back when it came to London resort. You know, what I mean? uh, we yes, should have seen. Yeah. We should have seen this coming. Really, you know, they never had a theme park game next to Tardis Tennis and whatever else they had. So, what hope was Battlefield there? Battlefield Academy. Only a fool's hope. Battlefield, Battlefield Academy. Academy. Tom, it had a Battle of Trafalgar as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, also this. requires Flash. Okay, right, well, going to Google that later. Those CBBS land attractions. Alton Towers will open oh, yeah, in time for the uh, the park uh, reopening on the 19th of March. So um, get ready for that. Fun day out with the kids, perhaps. So, yeah, there we go. Moving on, let's cross over to Orlando, Florida, Josh. Speaking of new rides, uh, some first impressions have started to emerge for Icebreaker at SeaWorld Orlando. Uh, which I'm excited to try out. And I, I mainly wanted to bring this up just as an opportunity to correct the record, if you like, because Pastor John asked me on Twitter this week whether or not I would be at SeaWorld in, uh, uh, over the course of my upcoming trip. And I said no, that was uh, not on the agenda. Uh, little did I know at that point that my family had basically rewritten the itinerary without me. And uh, it seems as though <laughs> SeaWorld, SeaWorld actually... SeaWorld could... for 14 days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're getting a three-week SeaWorld pass. We're not going anywhere else. But uh, no, SeaWorld, it does seem as though 
we will have a ticket that allows us to go to SeaWorld. So I, I think if we go, it will be a kind of morning job. We turn up, we do the coasters, we go home. I don't think it's going to be a, a big day out necessarily, but uh, it seems like we will set foot in SeaWorld and therefore be able to, to try Icebreaker for ourselves, which, uh, yeah, you know, not going to complain, get to do another new roller coaster. There are going to be a lot of those to do this year. No, no, you're just going to go in, uh, say you've walked through the gate and then leave again. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to turn in, scream at the top of my lungs, justice for Shamu, and then leave. (laughs) I'm not coming in here until you commit to breeding more orcas and keeping the show. I'm out of here. You sold your morals for the woke left. (laughs) I won't be having it, all right? (laughs) Yeah. What do you think of Icebreaker, Josh? You you like the look of this one? I really like the look of it. I think it looks cool, um, and it's something that I've never had, never got to experience before. You know that style. So, um, yeah, it looks uh, yeah, and never will because uh, you're never going back to Florida, as we know. Yeah, it's true. I mean, even if I went, I'd have to like figure out how to get there myself without any of my family members because they wouldn't be interested. Um, the same with Bush Gardens, and that just seems like a pain in the backside. Um, mm. I don't, don't want to be getting no Ubers. No offence. No, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, this review uh, that I'm reading of Icebreaker via Theme Park Insider says it's a, it's a good one to sit at the back. You really, you really get the benefit of sitting at the back. Top speed of 52 miles per hour. Pretty good airtime. Uh, and lots of twists, turns and hills and, and other manoeuvres in the back half of the ride specifically because, of course, the front is all based on that launch and then going back through the station mm. and then launching again. And that's where the fun is there. And then, yeah, the track gets a little more interesting towards the back end. But uh, good to know that the yeah. back seat seems like the place to go if you can on, on Icebreaker. Yeah, which is what I was, you know, when when I think, you know, a few weeks ago we watched the trailer the, the on on ride the POV yeah and I think I said then uh, the back looks like the place to be so it's good to have that confirmed by someone who's got to be there yes for sure uh, the last smidgen of news that I've got here is uh, just a a fresh look at the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind which Disney Imagineering posted on Instagram this past week. It's just a look at the loading station. They talk a little bit more about the technology behind the ride, the system. They call it an omni-coaster and specifically reference uh, Haunted Mansion and other rides where, of course, we have long been familiar with the omni-mover concept. And they're taking that concept to being able to turn the ride vehicle to allow you to look at specific things that the Imagineers want you to see at any one time. And they're taking that and putting it into a roller coaster environment. So it's a roller coaster that, as we've known for a long time, it's going to be a story-driven roller coaster. And so the um, the cars will be able to turn and make sure you see certain things that are crucial to the story as you go along on the uh, mm. roller coaster. So it was cool to get that laid out a little bit more explicitly and get a little bit of a of a cleaner look at the cars and. Just the aesthetic of the loading station itself, of course, is, you know, just makes it feel that little bit more real. This is a ride we've been waiting for for so long. But I think by all accounts, there's not too much longer to wait. I think someone 
from Imagineering or from Disney accidentally revealed or tweeted implying that it was going to be open for Memorial Day at the end of May and then deleted that tweet. So that seems quite telling. So it does feel as though this is probably coming uh, certainly by June. Uh, not long at all now. That's cool. About, about goddamn time. Well, yes, for sure. I mean, would you have guessed that this would be out, out well, you know, open before Tron? I mean, that is obviously uh, where we're no. going. There's, there's no way I would have called that to begin with. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see it. All right. Well, I think that is about that. Uh, I did just want to say there are a couple of um, uh, podcast episodes I'm hoping to get out over the next week or two, which... I'm looking forward to sharing uh, if and when we get them done. We are hoping to invite uh, a previous guest on to talk about uh, their time on Galactic Star Cruiser, which will be exciting to get a you know more in-depth take on that whole experience, the positives and negatives. And uh, then also we talked briefly about this so-called don't say gay bill which has been causing a lot of controversy in florida and within the theme park community there's been a lot of anger and frustration around the fact that um disney uh, have got more headlines and more vague for this but it is the case as well that comcast uh have been giving donations uh, to to those who back this bill in florida and that sponsorship money has not ceased at all there's no sign of it stopping neither company have really acknowledged the problems and concerns around this bill and the fact that they back those who back the bill Uh, disclaimer of course i technically am a comcast employee uh, in a roundabout way Uh, but we thought it would be good to get someone on the show who can talk from a more informed uh, perspective about this whole issue uh, and and why it is uh, you know why people are upset about how Disney and and Comcast have responded. Disney this week have put out a, a statement. I think it was designed for internal comms from Josh Damaro, but it has, as you would expect, got out. And uh, I think people are pretty dismissive of it. It is like. We we hear your concerns. You know, the LGBTQ community are a massive part of our fan base, but in this case, more importantly, our staff. And we hear your concerns and we're committed to making sure this is a great place for you to work and also committed to ensuring that we represent this community in our in, you know, our films and our TV and all the various content that we create, which, you know, <laughs> You would expect them to say all that. That can all be true, but to a lot of people, it will just be completely undermined by stuff like this. So, yeah, uh, it is. It is what it is. But you know, as two straight white men, uh, we're maybe not uh, best place to um, to talk about it in great detail. But hopefully, uh, we can put something together over the next few weeks that gets into the nitty-gritty of this whole thing a little bit more convincingly than we're able to just between ourselves. Yeah, that's very good. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a shame that that uh, these two companies will, I don't think, will ever come out against the bill uh, because, you know, don't bite the hand that feeds you and all that sort of thing. 
Mm. I guess the other way around in a way, in a sense. But um, it's a shame for sure. Let people live their lives how they see fit. God damn it. Yeah, I mean, again, we we talked a little bit about this bill last week. If you're not super clued in, I, I highly recommend looking into exactly what it is proposing and why it's an issue. I mean, you'll you'll probably be pretty uh, disgusted by the whole situation. But hopefully, yeah, we can talk about it a little bit more in the uh, weeks ahead. I think that's everything, Josh. I don't know if you've got yeah. anything else uh, up your sleeve, as you did at the start there with the London Resort News. No, unfortunately not. You know, I, I, I do like to keep my ear close to the ground on the London Resort stuff. Of course. So I'm glad I picked that up, um, as that it was only this week that came that news came out. So, uh Yeah. That's it. Um, go. Everyone should go watch Thunderbird Six in my eyes. The, that's a great movie from uh, 1968. Absolutely, and do if you haven't as well. Go and indulge and listen to Busted's Thunderbird song. I am pretty convinced that it will still be an absolute banger by today's standards. Maybe even yes, more. Maybe even um, more of a banger. You know. But well, but everyone knows Busted are uh, you know the modern day or the 2000s Beatles. You know, they're the same calibre. Oh, absolutely. So you were team-busted over McFly then, I suppose? Uh, well, yeah. I, McFly were a little bit later, weren't they? Um, busted yeah, busted Not, came first. Busted uh, came first, but they yes. weren't that much later, was it? Uh, well, McFly were the support act for Busted in the... Uh, I went to a Busted gig at Wembley Arena <laughs> and... Uh, McFly and Five were both the support acts for Busted. Oh, wow. Know your place, yeah. McFly, <laughs> as Biff would say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for the Park Rush podcast for this week. Thanks very much for listening. If you enjoyed the show and you haven't already, please subscribe on your preferred podcasting app of choice. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can. Uh, you can send us a voice note at parkrush.com. You can tweet us at parkrushpodcast or you can email podcast at parkrush.com. Uh, you can also check us out on YouTube where new episodes of Beastly D in Florida are still dropping at a, uh, I, I guess, a less regular rate than they were at one point last year. But they are still yeah. trickling out little by little. I need to record some more. And, uh, yeah, we will return at some point to our Twitch channel. We are on there, twitch.tv. Uh, you can find a Park Rush channel there where we play theme park video games. There, There is meant to be a new one out at some point in 2022. Uh, I have already forgotten what it is called, but there is a theme oh, park yeah. video game coming out this year. And park Beyond. No, park Beyond. Park Beyond. There we go. Nice work. See you later, everyone. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>